when Christians are saved, Satan no longer has power over us. But what he does is he will deceive us and do everything that he can to keep us distracted or pushed away from our relationship with Christ. One of the biggest false teachings in my view, people think that you can lose your salvation. There's a lot of churches that believe you can lose your salvation. There may be people in this church that think that you can lose your salvation. But if you read scripture, it says absolutely not. I can leave it at that. But because of the inquisitiveness of human beings for proof, I will prove the assurance of our salvation, not with my own opinion, but with Scripture. Men are tremendously efficient at distorting what the gospel actually presents to fit their own agenda. Many true believers in Christ are deceived that they can lose their salvation. Do you know how awful that is for someone who is a Christian who truly loves God and wants to serve Him to have this enormous burden and fear placed upon them, feeling like they can lose and gain their salvation over and over again? If we could lose salvation, we would have to do something to lose it or gain it back. We would have to do something. Let's see what God's Word says about it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God, not of works. So no man should boast. We have no part in it. Many people believe that you must work to be good enough for God to receive you. The Bible does not teach such a thing. Scripture teaches us in Romans that for all sin to come short of the glory of God, and for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we had any component in gaining or losing salvation, that would be a work on our part and not the free gift of Christ that the Bible says the salvation is. If a true Christian could lose salvation, they would lose everything gained through Jesus by being saved. They would lose heaven and regain eternity back in hell. Again. What about the sins that killed Jesus on the cross? You would get all of them back again after they have been forgiven and forgotten if you lost your salvation. So God would have to unforgive those sins and hold them against you again, even though he's already said they've been forgiven and forgotten. Wouldn't that degrade the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross? That he made for the sins of the world on Calvary? You would also lose God's love, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and also lose Jesus as your Savior. To me, this line of thinking is atrocious and it's very damaging to a Christian's walk with Jesus Christ. Losing salvation would also change the meaning of eternal or everlasting. John 3.15 says that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. There are at least 43 verses in scripture that tells us the saved person has eternal or everlasting life when they have received Jesus Christ as Savior. And last time I checked, eternal and everlasting means forever. 1 John 5.13, These things have I written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. 
John 5.24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that has sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. We know we have eternal life. Now, at the point of salvation, you instantaneously receive eternal life. And right there, John says, we know that we have it. Okay, so what about when a Christian sins? And Christians do sin after we're saved. How many of you didn't know that? Sarcasm. We all sin. Nowhere in Scripture does a Christian lose their salvation when they sin. We are to confess those sins. We are also chastened by the Lord. Hebrews 12, 6, For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Revelation three nineteen, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. It is because of God's love that he corrects us. We are his children once we are saved. But we also have free will. Now just as a person can either receive Jesus as their Savior or reject him, likewise a saved person has a choice to be obedient or disobedient. Right? The Bible does not teach a choice to remain saved or to reject Christ and go back to being unsaved. That's not what Scripture teaches. It talks about yielding to God rather than to unrighteousness. Christians can fall into sin and disobey, but we're still Christians. Peter cursed, lied, you know, before the rooster crowed, as Christ said it would. The Bible says Peter repented and wept bitterly. The Scriptures don't teach that Peter got saved all over again. What he did was he sinned, repented, and then got back in fellowship with God. You guys, if you're having trouble sensing God or feeling His presence, then you have unconfessed sin in your life that you're dealing with. And you need to take those to Him now. Get back in right standing with God right now. As soon as you do it, get back in right standing with Him. Ask God to forgive you. Turn to 1 John 1, 7 through 10. I know Wyman just read it for communion, but it's that important. 1 John 1, 7 through 10. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. 1 John was written to Christians. Turn to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, My dear children, anytime that's addressed in a letter, they are speaking to Christians, brothers and sisters, my children. You see Paul addressed like that. John addresses like that. Peter does the same thing. I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, if we don't confess sins, 
we can lose our capability and our usefulness by quenching the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19-22 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. We can also grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We're told not to grieve Him because we are sealed until the day of redemption, i.e., until Jesus calls us home. So, I have a question. How could we grieve and quench the Holy Spirit if it were possible for us to lose our salvation? Wouldn't the Holy Spirit just leave us instead of putting up with us? Why would he deal with us if we could lose our salvation by something that we do after we've truly been saved by Christ? Please turn to Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, verses 12 through 18. But he having offered one sacrifice for sins for all time, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. For by one offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also testifies to us, for after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws upon their heart, and on their mind I will write them. He then says, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. There was one sacrifice, and there will be no more sacrifice. Jesus was that perfect sacrifice. God in the flesh died in our place for sins that he did not commit, but for the sins that we committed. If we could lose our salvation, Christ would have to be sacrificed again. But Scripture just said there will be no more sacrifice for sin. It's a done deal. You're either saved forever or you're lost forever. There's no middle ground. So then that begs the question, what about Hebrews chapter 6? This is where most proponents of losing salvation turn to. Turn back to Hebrews 6. Verses 4 through 6, okay? Hebrews 6, 4 through 6. It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to public disgrace. Scripture has to be read in context. The writer of Hebrews is speaking to the unsaved. They've heard the truth and acknowledged it, but they've resisted and hesitated to embrace Christ as their Savior. The Holy Spirit is basically warning them, come to Christ now, for if you fall away, it will be impossible for you to come again to the point of repentance. They are intellectually persuaded, but spiritually uncommitted. They understand it, but they don't believe it. There's a lot of people that understand the Bible, but they don't believe it. Satan and the demons understand Scripture. Understanding the words of Scripture is not the same as being regenerated by the Holy Spirit. You know, because some denominations are only believe the warning is addressed to Christians, many interpreters teach that salvation can be lost. 
But if this interpretation were true, this passage would also teach that once lost, salvation can never be regained again. Just reading that, what we just read. So the verses that they use to say that you can lose it also says that you can't ever gain it back because the writer of Hebrews says it's impossible to come back to grace after you've rejected it. So he's saying it's impossible once you reject it to gain it and it's impossible to lose it after you've received it. You don't gain it, lose it, gain it, lose it. You belong to God or you belong to Satan. Also to lose salvation, God's grace would be insufficient and faith in Christ would have flaws. In order to remove yourself from the grace of God, we have to remove man's faith in the substitutionary death on the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'd also have to remove our faith in his resurrection from the tomb. Removing grace and faith would leave only man's work. And as we know, works will not work according to Scripture. Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This is reliance on Jesus Christ to keep us saved. Dependence upon him to live his life in us and through us. Everything that Jesus did and does today is according to scriptures. It is our faith in what he did, not what we did. Or what we do. Losing salvation, Christ would have to take back his righteousness and remove the pardon for our sin. But that can't happen because we have no righteousness of our own. Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Christ bought us with an immeasurable price. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, in your spirit, which are God's. Jesus purchased us when he saved us. When we give our lives to him, he owns us. Salvation does not come with a return policy. It does not. We belong to Jesus Christ when we truly give ourselves to him. The pardon, his forgiveness of our sins... And his purchasing us with his own blood sounds pretty secure to me. Jesus Christ bought me and paid for me. One that saved me by his grace and his power. What sin is there that God cannot forgive a Christian? What did it just say in 1 John 1, 7? Jesus cleanses us from all sin. There's not a single sin that a Christian can commit that can remove God's pardon from that saved person. Losing salvation would also break God the Father's commitment to us. Before salvation, we were the keepers of our own soul. What power did we have to save ourselves? None whatsoever, right? None. What power does a saved person have to keep themselves saved after they've been saved? None whatsoever. 1 Corinthians 1.8 says, Who shall also confirm you unto the end? that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If our Heavenly Father could fail in his commitment to the saved soul, 
that would mean that he lied to us here. God cannot lie. He began the work, and he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, when he comes back for us. God does the work in and through us. He sustains us. Ephesians 1.13, In whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. When we are saved, we are sealed. The seal of the Holy Spirit denotes a finished transaction. Christ said it was finished, right? So, if we could lose it, that means it wasn't finished, in my view. After you believe God's Holy Spirit dwells and seals the saved person. If a saved person could lose their salvation, then one of the things that we would have to do is break the seal of the Holy Spirit of God. How could we possibly break that seal? When could we do it and why would we even want to? We would have to have more power than God in order to break that seal. And obviously we don't have that power. And as a true believer in Christ, you would never want to break that seal anyway. So if you can't break that seal, but you could lose your salvation, then that means you would have to take God's Holy Spirit to hell with you. Think about that. If we can't break that seal, but we think we can lose our salvation, wouldn't that seal still be upon us? That means wherever we go, the Holy Spirit would go too. And that just won't happen. Why do people think that we can do something to remove the free gift of love that Jesus gave to us? That is insulting to how beautiful his gift of grace is. I think human beings think a little too highly of themselves, in my opinion. And I'm sure some of you would agree with me on that stance. Why do people think that, that they are believing that a sin that they could commit could nullify Jesus' death and resurrection... That were for the sins of the whole world. And one thing that they could do could wash all that out. Here's my point to all this. Listen. Does it make any sense that Christ, who died for you and sealed you with his Holy Spirit, would contradict himself and unseal the free gift of grace that he died for? To undo all of his love and unwarranted punishment and death for you on the cross because you sin after you're saved. If he did, that wouldn't be a free gift, would it? It'd be conditional. That would mean Christ would have to die on the cross Again, every time you need to regain your salvation in him. That makes absolutely no sense at all and does not fit anywhere with any scripture. Christ died once. He conquered sin and death once so that you could be saved once. Forever. Losing salvation would also unbirth yourself from the family of God and nullify your adoption by the Father. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Obviously, our first birth was physical. Our second is spiritual. And why would the Holy Spirit lead us back to what he's saving us out of? 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. 
First John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. To get into God's family, we're adopted by God. God made us, He bought us, and He adopted us. Romans 8.16 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And what does the Scripture say when we're adopted? We're joint heirs with Christ, right? Right? So that means that we're in the same standing as Jesus Christ, His Son. We were adopted into His family. And we know how much His Son means to Him. So how much do we mean to Him because... We have followed His Son and believed on His death and His sacrifice for us. Don't you think that means everything to God that we've taken that step to give Him our lives for eternity? Why would we think that we could do something that God would just shun us away and take that gift from us? It breaks my heart that people think that way. It breaks my heart that people think that they carry this baggage around that they could lose their salvation. They love Jesus with all their hearts, but they think if they do something wrong, then they've lost it. That's very damaging to what Christ wants you to do for Him in this life. To lose salvation, you would also have to separate yourself from the love of Christ and remove yourself from the premises of heaven. Christians, where, where's our standing right now? In heaven, with Jesus Christ. Turn to Romans 8. 35 through 39. Romans 8, 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These scriptures speak for themselves. I could just end this sermon right now proving the point by what Paul just wrote in the verses we just read. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. So is Paul lying here? I don't think so. When we receive Christ as Savior, heaven awaits us. When Jesus was on this earth, he told us in John 14, 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So to lose your salvation would mean that Jesus prepared a place for you for nothing. So would he leave it vacant or give it to somebody else? I don't think God works that way. If he says he prepares a place for us, it's there and it's waiting for us. Ephesians 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation is in heaven from where also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has already prepared a mansion for those who are saved. If the saved could lose their salvation, then you would have to remove yourself from your position in Christ, which has been placed in the premises of heaven. That's what Scripture just said. So we would also have to be removed from that as well. 
Hebrews 13.5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For Christ has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This means that Jesus can never leave those of us who are truly saved because he says he won't. Matthew 28.20, Jesus said, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In Revelation 3.10, Because you have kept my word about patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell on the earth. That sounds like we hold a special place with him to me. Remember, he comes back for us in the rapture of the church. Since the word of God tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ will never, never, never leave us. If a saved person will be able to lose their salvation and go to hell, if Jesus says he never leaves us, and we know Jesus doesn't lie, but we can lose our salvation and be put back in hell, does that mean we take Jesus with us too? That makes no sense, does it? Because we know that can never happen. Think about that. You know, God forbid people are pulled into some of this nonsense. There's many more. We could talk false teachings until we were blue in the face. We have just read from Scripture that there is nothing that can separate the saved person from Christ, nothing that death can do, nothing that life can do, Satan or angels can't do it. The Bible plainly teaches us that once we are saved, nothing has the power to remove the saved from God's love, which is in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us that the saved saints are preserved forever. Where? Psalms 37, 28. For the Lord loves judgment and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. God would never offer us a free gift of salvation through the death of his son and then take it away because we fall into sin. That would make Jesus' death and sacrifice on the cross a very cheap gift. The ability to lose salvation is an evil doctrine of men and Satan meant to control people. That's all it is. It controls people. Sinful men who are not and never will be perfect telling other people in their church that they have to be perfect or they will lose the seal of Christ put on them. That they would lose the Holy Spirit. And it's always someone else who loses salvation according to them, not them. Why is that? It's called control. You know, I just suggest that, that people read their Bibles instead of truly believing what men say. I could stand up here, anything I say, you guys... Go home and read. Iron sharpens iron. If you don't believe me, and I don't want you to believe me, do what Paul says, what he told the Bereans. They, they studied scripture through everything. Anything anybody said, even Paul himself. Basically, this, the doctrine that says that people can lose salvation is something that makes salvation conditional. It's to say that since God has saved us, we will maintain our salvation as we continue to match up to God's standard. But if we fail at any point, we'll lose it. Basically, that's a work, works righteousness perspective. Remember, we cannot gain salvation by works, and we have no righteousness, right? What we read? And we can never live up to God's standards. We know that. Now, when you see someone who once claimed to be a Christian but abandons the faith, you know, basically, that, oh, I was a Christian, you know, and I just gave up on it or whatever. 1 John 2.19 Basically, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, 
they would no doubt have continued with us. A lot of people were falsely converted. True Christians continue to persevere. God saved us while we were in the depths of our sin. He did it for his own glory. To show what a glorious, gracious, and loving God he is. What kind of God would he be if he turned his back on us now? He wouldn't receive any glory for that. When you come to Jesus Christ and embrace him, you'll never be disappointed. Your hope is secure. I have a couple more scripture verses, I think, that will cement what I'm saying. 1 Peter 1, 3-6 says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Peter says our salvation and inheritance in heaven is secure and shielded by God's power forever. Lastly, if you would, please turn to John 10. Turn to John 10, 27 through 30. And to me, I could have just read these verses and walked away. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. I think in God's hands is a pretty safe place to be. And he just tells you right there, Jesus our Lord says no one can snatch you out of it. You can never lose salvation once you've truly gained it. God is love. And he would not take back the true love we freely accept from him when we receive Jesus as our blessed Savior. Salvation is admitting that you're a sinner. Believing the faith that Jesus died in your place on the cross for your sins. You must ask the Lord to forgive you of those sins. You must repent. Ask Jesus into your heart. John the Baptist, what did he do? He preached repentance. Peter preached repentance on the day of Pentecost. Then what did Peter do after the day of Pentecost? He preached repentance. Jesus Christ our Lord preached repentance. Repent and then by faith receive Jesus Christ into your heart as your own personal Savior. And then you're with him forever. You look at this world, this universe, human beings, everything that God created. And he sends his son here to die for us and says, if you believe upon him, you'll be with me forever. I take God at his word. And I believe that there's nothing that any of us can do to take that away. If anybody here is not saved or not sure of their relationship with Christ, I ask you, bow your heads now or, or come forward. It is the most important decision of not just your life, but eternity. If you're not comfortable with that, talk to myself and Stephanie after the service. Or if they're not here and they're hearing this, bow your head and pray right now. Just ask Jesus to forgive you. Ask Him to save you. And He will.